0: pre-recorded from some guy's bedroom it's rebel with a cause 150th episode spectacular
1: making for me i'm just gonna switch to the audio outputs uh, keep talking
0: yeah i'm talking all right
1: oh, oh oh, okay all right i hear you now awesome there we go hello hi
0: how's it going How are you
1: it's <laughs> I, it's going apparently we're get, where, where are you you're in tejas. You I, tejas
0: i was in texas and then uh, dallas just wouldn't have me so i had to tuck tail and move back to baton rouge louisiana so
1: Oh, Lord almighty. So you're getting, uh, so, uh, I just heard the news that we're getting a hurricane up here or something like that. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. In,
1: in it's a about while. damn are you time one down there. I was going to say, are you getting one down there?
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As far as I knew, there was one heading towards Florida. I'm sorry. I didn't say that correctly. Oh, Florida,
1: Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can see this. The clouds are starting to move. Nice. Like, they're not, they're moving at a noticeably increasing speed. <laughs> So, well, that's if at some good. point I get caught off and I disappear, <laughs> it might—it's probably not Feds.
0: Probably you know? not Feds this time. This time, at least that we're this aware time. of. That's right. Yeah, so I guess Dex is going to be a little bit late.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm here. I could do <laughs> whatever you want to do. I'm not the cryptid expert, but I certainly can pretend to be one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just kind of wanted to do like. uh some of our craziest uh, conspiracy theories or cryptids that we can, that we believe in that may sound like the nuttiest things ever
1: Mm -hmm. sense
0: or just, you know, go wherever
1: wherever we got to go. Let's, uh,
0: I'm looking out across the street towards the convenience oh, yeah. store that is over there, and two gentlemen are engaged in a loud shouting match.
1: Oh, very good. Very nice.
0: <laughs> Which is usually nice. par for the course over there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But it's That's just... a
1: fight—a fighting place?
0: <laughs> well, I'm about two streets over from what's considered the hood for the city. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot, of, a lot of times people will just start yelling and hollering at each other.
1: They're always fighting.
0: Always, always fighting. There was one time I literally heard a guy say, I will karate fight you right now. And I I bust out laughing because I was on my porch.
1: That's pretty badass. And I had to yell
0: yell across the street. I said, if you say that you have to karate fight somebody, you're probably not going to.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, now somebody looked at you and was like, I'll fight you karate style right now on the street. Would you fight them?
0: (laughs) I probably would.
1: (laughs) You give them a fight, like a real fight. Yeah. All right,
0: quarter Sicilian jeans at all it's like all right come on over
1: all right let's do it let's have a quick fight man you can't even fight anymore someone will die
0: yeah (laughs) it it gets dicey pretty quick
1: someone will die because they fall on the ground and their stupid gluten-free head hits the pavement and
0: oh man did you see that video it was out of Europe like some naked guy was walking down the street yes I I
1: love gotta tell you I love naked guys walking down the street that's one of my favorite like have you before you tell me about that one do you remember that uh i think it's hong kong is actually where it takes place but uh asian guy who's naked and he's walking down the street it's a famous meme and he's walking down the street and then there's one image of him staring at police officers and then the next image all the police officers are on the ground and he's naked walking past them (laughs) (laughs) like like he has superpowers or something (laughs)
0: Yeah, I think I remember saying that. It was like, what happened two seconds before this picture?
1: Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> like, said, get on the ground right now, motherfuckers. And they did.
0: <laughs> no, the the one video I was talking about is, uh, I think it was in France. And just some naked, you know, portly gentleman is just walking down the street. And he's like purposely getting in front of cars. So he, he's like getting in front of this little white Renault. And uh, this big old bald gorilla gets out and starts, <laughs> starts yelling at him. Next thing you know, he hits him and just knocks him right out.
1: Nice. Hell yeah. I don't understand that. Like to me, if I, if you were naked on the street and you were a dude, I would, I would instantly fight you instantly, <laughs> instantly. If you were a chick, I guess I'm not allowed to fight you, but I would strongly encourage that someone closer to your size fight you. Yeah. Cause I really hate public nudity. I have to tell you, it's one of my least favorite things. Yeah. All of it. I hate dudes without shirts on. <laughs> put your shirt on stupid like you're not working in a field put your shirt on like i i'm very happy with you know get if you got to take your shirt off if you need to breastfeed the baby go for it seriously that's fine i'm an adult but yeah. if you're just like shirt off and and you're and <laughs> l- f- flopping around i don't need you know what i mean like i'm not even a prude i just don't particularly want to have to nah. stare it because boobs are distracting yeah. you know what i mean they are like you, l- very you much look so. at them and, and it makes me angry because I'll look at them and I'll go, oh, that's nice. And then it'll be like three seconds of me looking and I'm going, God damn it, I have things to do. Like it bothers me. <laughs> it really bothers me. I, I hate that. And dudes with their shirts off. Yeah. It's just scu- like there's something that I don't know why society allows that one to happen. But to yeah. me, I look at a dude with a, without a shirt on. Definitely a double standard going on unless you look like a tom ford model it's not welcome buddy. Yeah. you know what i mean like unless you're chiseled like to the point where your body is a piece of artwork where you can go god all right nice like you know like a bodybuilder unless you look like that i don't need the show but yeah. i really don't need the show put a shirt on it it's not doing anything <laughs> i don't like when the sweat when I get a sweaty shirt, I don't care. I don't want to see your sweaty skin. <laughs> <laughs> You're not home. That's, you know that's we, the idea of a sweaty rules. shirt. No, <laughs> there's true. rules outside. You know, there's rules in the outside space. We have societal. Put a fucking shirt on <laughs> and go for your run, and go home and take the shirt off. That's the point of the shirt is to conceal. Yes. Yourself. Otherwise, why don't you go out like that to a restaurant? <laughs> You know, take yeah. your stupid shirt off and walk into a restaurant like that. And even if they let you sit down and eat, you'd feel like a moron. You know, you feel like an idiot. Yeah. So just because you're at the park, uh, I, I got it. Really, I got to tell you, it bothers me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the most I am the most like I have lots of rules about how people should behave. But I hate when people tell me how to behave. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, this coming from the guy who nearly got into a fight for somebody clearing his throat in the same men's room.
1: <laughs> unbelievable that's crazy but that's an etiquette thing too it's like yeah uh, it's you did i tell that story on my own show or on your show first
0: now uh, you told that on the Fadcast like years ago i keep like double backing and uh keep referencing Eminem. i i
1: swear okay because i swear i said it, i told it on on your show first
0: yeah that, um so so funny it's so funny because we were like all saying uh you know for childerberg dose as soon as you walk up we're all gonna start clearing our throats and coughing
1: Here's the problem with the armed society is a polite society thing. Oh, um, it's not
0: always true. Already, already poking uh, holes.
1: <laughs> it's already well. It's not. It's not always true because there's plenty of armed societies. They're dipshit societies where people shoot and kill one another. Yeah, and fucking Pakistan. Hello? Is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's lots of armed societies that are literally micro societies, and there is no society because the society is based on people killing one another. So it's not always great. But I'll yeah. tell you what, man. A little more armor in New York City would be fantastic because, like, I don't know. I, I am certainly a confrontational person, which is funny because I don't – I'm not a fighter. I don't like to fight physically. I, I'm a bad fighter physically. I would never <laughs> try to fight somebody physically because I know my, my place. I always keep a knife on me because if anybody wants to get wild, I'll cut you right open and I won't yeah. even feel a thing. Yeah, there you but, go. Uh, but, um, yeah, I'm not like a, hey, dude, let's – Fight. Like, I don't think there's anything particularly masculine about that in 2020. These, You know, in, in 1402, you had to be a big boy who knew how to fight. You know what I mean? Now, pull that shoddy out and say, stop acting wild or I'm going to take both your kneecaps out. And that's th- how you would hope a functional armed society would work, right? Well, in, yeah. in, in situations where that doesn't happen, matters need to be taken into other hands. And so for me in order to enforce some sort of semblance of fear in society, you know, in order to get people to act normal because society's just based on fear. We all know that And part. And it's okay because sometimes we make people afraid of things that ultimately it's good to make them afraid of like, Hey, don't murder people. Otherwise we'll fucking <laughs> string you to a tree and slowly take your skin off of your body. And then you go, no, and you go, all right, I guess I will not murder people. Yeah. And that works. Right. So for me, all right. Can everyone hear me? All right. Hey there, Paz. Hey, how are you? Good and Dexter
0: morning. joins the party.
1: Morning. So, so for me, uh, uh, throwing a, a a biological weapon at a person uh, in, a cell, uh, in a cell, in a cell, in a toilet stall, uh, in the other in the other stall for me is the closest thing to some sort of cultural behavior enforcement that I could enact at the time. Yeah. If I was six foot five and jacked, I would have knocked on the toilet door. And I said, when you get out of there, I'm going to knock you out. So just be ready. But I can't do that because I'm five foot six out of shape and, and not intimidating in that sense. So I can't hold, hold do on, that.
2: Bird. That doesn't actually have to stop you though. Cause I'm five,
1: five and fat and I can
2: still <laughs> knock a lot of guys blocks off.
1: Well, I, yeah, but I'm also not, ai don't, I, I'm not attracted to fighting. I don't, I don't think physical, you know what I mean? Like if I'm going to, if I need to enforce, you know, listen, I'm not a person who likes to fight for the ego sake of it. I know there are a lot of people out there like to do that, right? There's a lot of people right. who are just like, well, you got to fight people sometimes just to get them to stop acting crazy. Yeah. For me, I never thought that way. like, I have to engage in this particular ritual of physical combat in order to convince (laughs) you not to, to me, it's like, no, I'll blow your leg off and you won't be able to walk right for the rest of your life. If you, you know what I mean? Like that to me, it's like, why are we, why are you like, Oh yeah, let's put the dukes up so you can behave right. It's like, no, I will almost kill you like with weapons and many other people if you do a certain thing. So it's like, I don't know. The brute, what is it called? The uh, 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 not mutually assured destruction, but when you meet a particular aggression with just way too much of a response, yeah, overwhelming firepower, whatever that's
2: called. <laughs> to me, that is asymmetric I my, warfare. I believe whatever is the word you want to call it. That's
3: not asymmetric. <laughs>
2: <is.
3: laughs> <laughs> well, asymmetric
2: actually, warfare is what. Syria, or what the Kurds are doing. To well, the- hold on. Yeah. Actually,
1: throwing a shit-covered piece of toilet paper onto <laughs> someone with the hopes that they'll catch a disease might actually be asymmetric warfare. <laughs> that well, might actually be. That might actually be. It, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I've always believed, and I don't know if this is like a genetic thing or not, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> but but I've always believed in the idea that you should act right out of the fear that the entirety of society will descend upon you and destroy you. And that's what I, that's a good way I think for society to exist because the other way isn't really a society. It's a bunch of motherfuckers who are like (laughs) testing one another all the time. I don't want to be tested. I want to go to work. I want to go have a good time at work. I want to say hello to, to Florence at the front desk and continue into my office and then do my job. And then leave, say goodbye to Florence, Mm. and go home and go, man, Florence is the only person I see these days. I really got to ask somebody out. But Mm. regardless, then (laughs) then (laughs) you go home, and you sit at home, and you make your dinner, and you watch TV, and on TV, it's normal. Hey, we did this today. They did that today. Three armed robbers were shot to death by 25 bystanders who were armed. There's only three robberies a year because of things like that yeah and so that's to me overwhelming this look this is how it was handled throughout most of history right yeah throughout most of human history if you fucked around in any find out right in any form or fashion if you fucked around this is before liberalism you know return (laughs) uh but if you fucked around, they would, like, peel your fingers off. Like, you'd only have five chances, right, to <laughs> steal in Saudi Arabian society. You'd have five chances. Because every time you stole, they would take a finger off. <laughs> you so, know, I've, <laughs> been, uh, I've been reading
2: a history of the Angvin kings of England, right? And I just want to interject here because yes, it's directly applicable. Yeah. You didn't even get five chances there. Oh, yeah. Because those motherfuckers were taking your ears and your whole feet. this
1: this is such a horrendous glorification of a really horrible society to live in. But at the same time, different problems, right? Like just different problems. Right. Yeah. at the same time you have a society like that and one day they decide you're a witch, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and you're fucked. So it's, you know, the problem is if you're going to engage in society at all, I'm the kind of person who goes, well, if we're going to do this at all, overwhelming force on those people who you know who won't play by the rules and when i say by the rules i mean gentlemen put your fucking shirts on in public (laughs) because nobody (laughs) nobody wants to see that shit and you should be publicly ridiculed for your little woman tits like they should go like oh little woman tits little woman tits. like say terribly uh 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 demeaning things to you about your physical no matter how you look just so you can put a shirt back on because you should wear a shirt. (laughs) <laughs> you should, unless you're working in a coal mine or it's 120 degrees out, put your freaking shirt on, please, for, for all of us. Yes, please, all of us. We all should be wearing at least one at least one article of clothing at all times that covers uh, anywhere between the nipple to the to the knee. Right, yeah. that would be great. What yeah. I'm just, hearing
2: is that tunics are making a comeback.
1: Yes, that would be great, right? I, I actually toga. Can I actually explain something to you? The other day, here we go. Yeah, this is great. The other day, uh, the other day, I took a shirt. It was a, a white T-shirt that had a couple of coffee stands on it. You know, it was one of the old fellas, right? Yeah. So I was going to retire him. It was a triple XL. Um, back at the, t- this is back when I was wearing XLs. So now I wear mediums mostly. And, Congratulations! Well, thank yeah. you so much. Good job, by the way. Thank you so much. But now I have a bunch. Of, I have a dearth of shirts, right? <laughs> so. What I did was, Uh, first of all, uh, I'm incredibly fascinated with Roman culture. I don't think I need to tell anybody that. If you know me for five minutes, you know I start talking about it. That was our entire episode the first time, Bird. That's right. (laughs) Actually, that's correct. So uh, I was looking at pictures of old Roman guys. I was like, man, these guys dress uh, uh, so freely and yet so conservatively. Yeah. You know, they dress the tunic, the toga specifically. Toga tunic is just kind of a shirt and upper bottom, but the toga specifically, it's one piece of clothing. It's just one thing, and like, it's it's a sexy outfit. You know, it's 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 like a a it's a real regal.
3: It's drip.
1: It's drip. It's regal. It looks like you're wearing marble. Yeah, man, it's cool. It's really cool. So I'm into that, right? But what I did was I couldn't make a toga yet. I'm gonna do this next. I took a shirt and I cut the sides of the shirt, uh, uh, off. Uh, and like, so, so you cut the sides of the, it's hard to explain this. You cut the sides of the shirt to make like a poncho, you cut off the sleeve and yeah. then you cut down the side of the shirt. And then anyone who played high school football knows exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. And, and then you like pull really hard to get this thing super stretched out. And then, You stitch up the side a little bit in the middle and then you kind of just wear a belt and it keeps it all together. Man, it was a tunic. Man, it was comfortable. I was having a fantastic time. I had the tunic. I was like, I put on my Crocs. I was like, God damn, this is extraordinarily comfortable. I would rather people go, I have to tell you, and I mean this absolutely sincerely, I would rather people go out into public and dress like that than ever see a, a man with his shirt off in public ever again.
0: <laughs> well, you can, I,
1: I, I you can tell do you this. how much I hate it.
0: You can do you this what, bird. Think, it's called Tampa, Florida.
2: This is an accomplishable fashion goal. We could yeah. make this happen. Yeah. This is the sort of thing that can be
1: memed into reality. <laughs> My bigger problem is getting dudes to put their shirts on. Yes. How many shirtless dudes are you guys running into? It's the summer. Every, every douchebag who weighs 160 pounds or less thinks he's a fucking supermodel who should take his shirt off walking around in public.
2: Okay, no, there are so many skinny fat motherfuckers on this
1: planet. <laughs> there are. There really are. And they think they look so beautiful. I think they this really
0: is. Do. I think this is really just a veiled threat to uh, Rallo working on his tractor in the backyard.
1: Rallo, yeah. yeah. If I see somebody <laughs> with, if I see somebody with Rallo's build, shirt off, farmer's tan, walking down the street, I, I physically go, oh, man, oh. like I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. It's not it's a. It's not a phobic thing either. I, I have. I have no uh, predilections about any of that. It's a. It's a. it's 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 a it's like a textural thing like you look at it and it's it's like if it's like if people wore uh uh undyed leather all the time it's gross it's unappealing yeah Uh, and then guys with a lot of hair on their bodies like i'm a hairy guy obviously right uh but but some of these gentlemen are <laughs> tremendous. There's a tremendous amount of hair on their bodies and you see it and you go, that is, you look, you look very much like something that I would draw, uh, as an enemy in a <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons game. You don't look completely human. You look like a half a pig. Yeah. It's te- dudes are dude, gentlemen, men, <laughs> the average man. I can't, it's amazing when you think about how beautiful the average woman is. And then you look at the average man and you go, Jesus, Jesus. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Two things here, Bird.
2: Two things. First of all, you must be lucky to be a Coastie because the average woman here is probably significantly different than the average woman. Oh, really?
1: Are you you throwing (laughs) him under the bus?
2: (laughs) And uh, point two. Point two. I don't think you're giving our kings enough credit. <laughs> Listen, men, man. Men are generally the uglier sex, and that's yeah. beyond dispute. <laughs> this is beyond dispute. But at yes. the same time, King, you are worthy of praise. You are beautiful, and there right. are women who dig your look. And and you will benefit greatly from beard oil.
1: <laughs> uh, and and you know, comb the hair. Right. You don't have to have such a scraggly beard. All I'm saying is. All I'm saying is men should be shopping, if you know what I mean, yeah. right? If, if women, if we know, if we discovered this in our conversations that women do be shopping, men perhaps should be doing a little more shopping, right? right. A little more self-care, a little more looking better. And put those shirts on, gentlemen, yes. please.
2: <laughs> cultivate style. Do not cultivate
1: arrogance. <laughs> exactly yeah There you and go. and as go.
0: one of those hairy motherfuckers that bird was referring to i keep my shirt on it's it's Please for y'all do. it's for y'all if
1: it's the beach, listen and listen i'm not again there are situations and locations where the, of course these rules don't apply if you're at the beach take your shirt off bro it's yeah, fine go for, it. go for it if you're in the woods if you're having a jog take it off but if you just go in a lose house yeah put your shirt on yes we are not in appalachia all right it is we are not out there doing work you know this is new york city put a shirt on <laughs> <laughs> when in rome right yes
0: yeah even down here in the south i mean i'll see people walking around with no shirts on and everything it's like ah,
1: come on guys <laughs> and the set and you know it's crazy if i was in the south it would be more acceptable to me if, Dudes were walking around with their shirts on. Be like, yeah, that's what they do here. <laughs> but people, but people who are trying to bring the shirtless thing over to the, don't do it. We don't want that. Just like how everybody in the South is like, don't come here, don't move here, Northerners. We don't want you here. Southerners, when you come to New York, and and when New- when Northerners convince themselves that they want to act Southern, so they they do the shirtless thing. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> We have rules in our various places and we well, should respect So those I, rules.
2: I want to get into the weeds on U.S. culture just a little bit here. Yeah, go for it. And point out that Mr. Bird R. Kissed here yeah, yeah. keeps saying Northerners yeah. when in fact Coastals. he should be saying <laughs> Coasty Yankees. Coasty Yankees, <laughs> that's right. Let me yeah. tell you something here Wisconsin is not Appalachia. No. Wisconsin is not the Deep South, but it is quote-unquote holler country holler. And if you are a hard-working motherfucker here you yeah. can have your shirt off take goddamn shirt off. anywhere and no one's saying boo
1: no take <laughs> that shirt off you
2: know my dad yeah. does uh he owns a construction company right yeah and they build uh foundations right they right. do basement work sure let me tell you when you're 10 feet deep in a clay pit in 98 degree weather Throwing around ninety pound right. eight foot tall
1: boards. if you 're working oh, yeah. boy. if you 're working, you could take the shirt off, and that goes in my opinion see i i 'm again, I have no predilections here, ladies and gentlemen if you 're working in a coal mine, take that shirt off i don 't care it 's up to you if you need to secure any moving parts that 's your business, but if you need to be like my shoulders need to be exposed right now, my back needs to be exposed, go for it, go for it really i right. i don 't care, but if you are in <laughs>
0: if you're just walking down the street to the local convenience and i'm telling place. you
1: you would be really shocked to know how many dudes you uh, know sure been in, inside for six months and they want to show all the girls uh, how hard they worked in, in with their calisthenic <laughs> setups to try and get their bodies into peak uh shape put that shirt back on but right. nobody wants to see it the women really i promise you they don't want to see it either they're not looking at you like Yeah. Oh, nice. They're looking at you like, man. He's staring at me, waiting for me to look at his body.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's not good. Women
0: are typically thinking about it the same way everybody else is thinking about it. It's like it's like get a load of this asshole.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So put that shirt on. I want to see if you're at work. You could take that shirt off, but you better be working. Yeah. Really, you better be working. When it's time to hang that that hat up and go home, put something on. Yeah. Something on on the job site. I don't. I won't begrudge you. Off the job site, I got. I want to eat a sandwich when I'm walking down the street. I don't want to have to look at your ham hocks and your <laughs> floppy parts. You know, I really don't want to see it. Yeah. If
2: you've been doing, <laughs> good, if you're putting in the hustle, though, you ain't got them ham hocks anyhow. That's true. Yeah, that's true.
1: Right. Yeah. That's right. And that
2: goes back to what we were saying about skinny fat, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Those people are the you worst. Know,
2: you know when a dude's got the farmer tan. And the fucking
1: wire muscles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Different strokes for different folks. I want to emphasize. If your culture (laughs) isn't like this, you know, do your own thing. You know, you go to another part of the world. They go, "What is a shirt?" I go, "Okay, it's fine." But over here, when in Rome, dude. And it's over here. Do do it how we do it, so you can see how it should be done over here. We've always done it this way. We'll keep doing it this way. (laughs) It's a good way to do it.
0: Yeah. As I tell my kids, sometimes I was like, look around. What are the adults doing right now? They're not doing what you're doing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You could be a free individual, but a free individual, you know, at the same time, you should be a smart individual. Blend in, blend in. (laughs) Really. You want to be a blender. You don't want to stand out. You don't want to stand out. I think we arrived
0: at the title of this episode. You want to be a blender.
1: (laughs) You want to be a blender. There you go. (laughs) So Pause, uh,
0: how's everything going up in your neck of the woods?
2: Well, I'm finally back to work. Which Yay. is super cool. That is yeah. super cool. Yes. Yes. Yeah, extremely cool. My UI got denied after four months. So what? that's super not cool. The
0: fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, right? that's a bummer. We I,
1: I me and you me and him listeners we have been playing Crusader Kings and Europe Universalis for, for the past five months together. Uh, and he's been telling me about this whole this whole situation and journey with the unemployment office. And now you're just going to tell me that after five months, they said you're not getting the money that you should be getting.
0: Yeah, that's correct.
2: Bullshit. And it shouldn't. I literally should be getting it because I read the statutes to make sure I'd qualify before I even applied because I knew that's I would Christ. be an edge case. Yeah. And the CARES Act that they passed made explicit provisions that would cover my circumstance. Yeah. But you know how bureaucrats be. Oh yeah. You know, whatever. (laughs) So there's some good, there's some bad (laughs) and in outrageous and ugly, you know, the Uh good, the bad, the ugly, I would like to direct our collective clout and hate towards Harper's, the uh, pseudo intellectual publication we're sending an L.A. journalist to my hometown Uh-oh. this uh, winter and spring, embedding this sleeper agent among us, and then going back to L.A. to write a hit piece. Hmm. My city, my precious little town here in uh, Wisconsin, has been trending on Twitter all day, and it's because of some jackass left-coasty. Oh. So, you know, good, bad, and
1: ugly. Left- Troy Le- Harpers.
2: A
0: left-coasty uh, a, a liberal Yankee, so... God, love it. Wow.
1: For the first time, I just experienced Yankee solidarity. <laughs> that was amazing. You were just explaining that. And I was going, yeah, people in the South talk shit about New York all the time. <laughs> yeah. People in the South call people from Queens rats. And I was going, uh-huh, yes, uh-huh. I was like, you know what? You know what? Maybe the sleeper cell has a point. <laughs> wow. That was weird. I've never experienced that before. That was strange.
2: Yeah. Uh, so we, what did he what did they write? They were just bitching and moaning about how labor union politics don't rule oh. Wisconsin anymore. Never
1: mind. Never oh, mind. I don't good. really have any Googly for that. Googly <laughs> moogly. Actually, New Yorkers are pretty halfway on unions. So I think I stand in the – those things can be – they can be pretty not cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
2: don't know. I mean you just – you spend four or five months living here among us. And your big takeaway going back out to your glamorous, shiny Hollywood city is, oh, damn, they don't want to be in a union anymore. The
1: the shit covered, (laughs) uh. water flooded, uh, crumbling city of L.A. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah, they never get to the bottom of the reason why people don't want to unionize in some some respects, because they don't want to pay, you know, literal mob bosses money (laughs) that should be going to them.
2: Well, yeah, hold on well, now. And, you know, so <laughs> My there's a lot of misunderstandings. I'm a quarter Wisconsin's Sicilian. I know what's up. Culture too, and you know we're deeply socially conservative here. Deeply red team. It's that. Uh, it's
1: that Anglo-German thing. Nonsense. Yeah, it is. It's that Anglo-German but, uh, in,
2: thing. In terms of economics, though, Wisconsin has in fact been an old left labor stronghold. Yeah. literally going back to the late 80s yeah that's
1: right yes it has that's true you know what
2: no so there, there's context for people oh, with that shit lib neoliberal you know what bullshit it, ideology yeah own this yeah. but they make no attempt to interact with the actual new reality on the ground here and it reads like yet another eulogy for the poor benighted flyovers and i hate <laughs> that shit
1: <laughs> uh, you know what again i'm going to disappoint you here but there she uh uh, uh, not chicago sorry uh wisconsin has got some pretty badass union history uh uh it is that's kind of sad that it went away it is it's one of those things so if i
2: if i were if i had stayed a republican in college instead of becoming a libertarian i almost certainly would be one of those (laughs) civic nationalism mercantile motherfuckers who would love that (laughs) because the labor power base of wisconsin is all domestic manufacturing too. Oh, nice!
1: Yeah. you nice. know it's
2: not that shit lib progressive no, it, i was gonna say
1: it's kind of like real union it's stuff. like we're yeah.
2: hammering steel brewing beer and you're damn yeah. well gonna buy made american <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: yeah 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 you can, i can appreciate the cultural aspect of that uh pretty like as a as a timepiece for wisconsin But it's kind of, I guess it's gone, so. Well, it's gone for the better because I am,
2: generally speaking, anti-labor left. I'm not anti-labor, never would be, so don't get that twisted. But I am anti-labor left to the gills.
1: Yes, yes. And I'm practically a Marxist, so, (laughs) uh, you know. Uh, uh, Have you guys ever seen The Rat? No, I haven't. I mean, which and rat you know what, are we talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about, you're though. we are talking Paz?
2: about the uh, strike phenomena. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't want to get too into this because I talked about this on well, the show. So, if so anybody's... talk
2: about it as much as you want. But yeah, I, okay. I know exactly what you're talking
1: about. <laughs> this is okay, but you've <laughs> never seen one in person. No, so, no. All right, so I did this on my show. I'm sorry to anybody who already did this, but it's so funny to me. All right, so uh, Google, go to your Google machine Uh-oh. and put uh, New York City Union rat. <laughs> Uh, uh, And let's see if that takes us to where we need to go Yeah, and it should come up Inflatable rat Let's go look at some pictures of it <laughs> So, so I don't know if you've never seen this before uh, It's just You know, when, when uh, uh, a unionized Business hires a non-union scab They <laughs> The union will go and wheel one of these fucking things out And blow it up And sometimes they're inflatable In the, like, you know, they put a machine under them Sometimes they're inflatable Like a guy will come and pump it up um, but my God, this thing is hilarious to me. <laughs> I, you, I wish we did this more. Yeah. I, I love wish how it did... has,
0: I love how it has blood red eyes. That's...
1: Yeah. It's a real New York <laughs> yeah. rat. It's a real New York style. We have some monstrous little creatures that live in the oh. fucking subway. Oh, it's now. got
0: a name. The name of the rat oh, is Scabby. Scabby. Scabby the rat.
1: Scabby the rat. Scabby the rat. You know what? I didn't know that until you just said that right there. Shout out to you, Scabby. I don't know if I saw Scabby when I saw him get blown up. Man, <laughs> can I tell you, Eric? The way they did this, they t- <laughs> they they they, <laughs> they took a they had a uh, like a pickup truck and they had this or this disc and they slapped it on the ground and they plugged it in and and it's a this disc that looks like it has fans in it and and they come and they pull this bag this this gray and and pink rat bag and they and they secure it around the blow up <laughs> and they pump it up and this fucking thing just it comes to life in moments and it's just a gigantic inflatable disgusting beast yeah isn't old, that lovely big old rat with a, with a
0: giant with a gigantic scab on its belly
1: just to see just to see that in new york while you're on your fucking tourist uh trip
0: <laughs> yeah it's not the guy playing the you know acoustic what? guitar it with the cowboy hat and no
1: shirt icon on of new york though, it is there? man can i tell you there's another cultural icon in new york and i'm gonna shout him out right now his name is nick i don't know his last name but he's the pin man so this guy this guy who works at this 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 establishment that i frequent a lot i don't want to give too much info yeah uh but he works at this he's also a prolific mets fan Oh, and uh that's a bold which, yeah, choice i know it's probably some yeah some people are going <laughs> oh god yeah me too but what he does is he gives out free mets pins you know like pins you can put on your hat or your shirt or whatever and he gives them out at games and uh you know i i never knew that it was the same guy who worked at this establishment who was also the, the pin man but i made the connection because i saw him driving in the pin mobile
0: the pin mobile
1: pin-mobile, mm. right so let me see first of all let me see if we can Google New York City <laughs> Pinmobile. This I, I, is you want to you you want Americana? <laughs> oh, it doesn't even show up. It doesn't literally doesn't even show up.
0: <laughs> I also wow. love the the background noise of the keys tapping tapping away.
1: Yeah, don't you <laughs> like the the cherry the cherry yeah. RX keys? Yeah, yeah. beautiful. Uh, anyway, the pin the pinmobile is his car. Appears to be a Toyota, from what I can tell, a white Toyota, and it is it is hot glued with hundreds of pins all over it. It is absolutely insane. Like, if you were to get into an accident, it would be amazing if this guy rammed into somebody going 80 miles an hour, and he's okay, and he's all right, and everybody's okay, but every pin on this thing would fly off and scatter, and it would be hundreds of pins. Hundreds of
0: them. It's like inst- I love that instant shrapnel for a block. Absolutely nuts!
1: <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> wild! This guy, this local cultural phenomenon. Put him in the rat up next to one another. Get the che- get the cheese so, castle in there. Pause. If I can, if I can pivot just a little bit here, are either
2: of you two dudes pin guys?
1: No, 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 I, am no I am not a really. pin
2: guy. Yeah. Are you well, a pin guy? I'm not. I've just got the one pin, and it's oh, my really? fraternity. Uh, crest i wear it on my suit jacket whenever i'm wearing a suit but i have you know the same way a templar would do it (laughs) what was that
0: i said the same way a templar would
2: (laughs) one might say yeah and one might also find it curious that our nickname is the squires
0: Hmm. but that's
2: a discussion for another time the plot thickens about to say (laughs) i've also considered becoming a patch guy and I'm still thinking real hard about leaning into that.
1: Yeah, So I yeah. just kind
2: of wanted to ask you if either of those things were something
1: you do. <clears> so, so I used to be super into doom metal. I still love metal. I really do. But I don't really listen to it much Metal anymore. is the best music but it, ever. So. But in the metal community, you got to get yourself either a good denim jacket or something like that. I have yeah. a black denim jacket. And uh, I got all kinds of patches all over it. And pause, I, I also have one pin. And it's a pin. It's a meme. Uh, it's a white pen of a cat and a dog on two legs, and they're holding one another's shoulders and smiling. And under it, it says, Born to Die, World is a Fuck, Kill them oh All, 1989. God. I am Trash Man, 410,757,864,530 dead cops. <laughs> you know? That's the only pen I have and on my on my you know metalhead jacket is that (laughs) pin. i don't even know where that copy pasta came from i don't either but i
2: howl every time i see
1: it so that's yeah there's a thing about uh japanese uh um so something the japanese will do is is uh because we do it over here too they'll take um random words in english and they'll slap them together on a shirt and that'll be a design because it doesn't actually matter what any of the words say. It's just the language looks cool to them. So they, right, they right. have it like that. So like, yeah, that, that's what I think that is, is that's a design that they it's either that is a design or It's mocking that style of design. Cause there's a Japanese, there's two kanji on there as well, but I don't know what they say. So I didn't read them out loud, but yeah, I don't know where that came from either, but it's incredible. That <laughs> whole thing is, is incredible. That's my only pin. If I could get more meme pins, I, I would, <laughs>
0: Uh, we yeah, can make meme yeah, patches i
1: honestly don't think they're a bad look personally speaking you definitely have to have the right style f- for it you know you got to know what you're going for
0: yeah i think meme morale patches would be would be a pretty awesome idea too
2: dude check out commando store they've got loads of them
0: yeah i love morale patches oh, those man. those things are awesome
1: what is a morale patch
0: uh it's like goofy like little military type sayings like i've got one of a uh M855 round, which is a steel oh. penetrator round, and it says just the tip because the because uh, they're green tip ammo. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the Velcros. Yeah. Yeah, I have a... Uh, a listen to this. It's uh, I forget what the actual name of it is, but before there was Space Force, uh, <laughs> the Air Force had a space division. I don't yeah, know they have a do. space command. Space command, that's what yeah. it is. I have a vintage... It's a Desert Storm... Uh, army jacket in my size, the chocolate, my size, the chocolate chip (laughs) guy, the guy's name, Lieutenant bird (laughs) patch. He was in space command.
0: I think we just found out who real bird is.
1: I thought that was (laughs) fucking so amazing. It's, it's bird with a Y, but I'm not, Uh, you know, so I, I hope I wear it in, in Lieutenant birds honor, assuming Lieutenant bird (laughs) was a good and decent man. Uh, and if he wasn't, then I am Lieutenant Bird now. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> you know what you should do. You should uh, opt for Admiral Bird instead of the oh, yes. Operation High Jump
1: legend. It it yeah, wasn't Lieutenant. It it wasn't Lieutenant. It it was whatever the Air Force. Uh, it's an Air Force one that I don't remember, but I I call it Lieutenant. Whatever. Uh yeah
2: yeah. The officer to, ranks looks the same. Send you guys in something the in the Zoom chat. Uh oh.
0: Just it made into our
2: morale patches uh,
1: discussion
0: here it comes oh, man
1: what's your hey do you have a eric do you have a favorite jacket um everybody has a favorite piece of clothing so okay
0: talking about jackets. so the 1950s <laughs> like greaser uh leather motorcycle jacket oh is my what favorite color Voltaire. just black straight up black
1: a black one yep beaten up or fresh
0: uh it could it could have a little bit of stress to it show that it's been worn. yeah
1: little steve little steve mcqueenie yeah there you go thing there you go can't beat it so what do we have here oh it's all cryptid themed embroidered patches holy shit
0: monster yeah
2: g-man g-man turned me on to this no way uh, the Uh, next time i'm sold the very first one is krampus (laughs) (laughs) the next time i've got disposable income i think i'm gonna cop about a billion of these yeah man no i'm sold
0: the first one is krampus So
1: Krampus, (laughs) Mothman, Bigfoot, Sons of Dagon. All right, man. There's a lot of interesting stuff on here. Wow. (laughs) That's pretty cool. You got one on Easter Island. You have one of the aliens beaming down Easter Island. I love that. Nice. That's awesome. There is yeah. a so yeah. shout out shout out to G Man for turning me on to this. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, shout uh, out to
2: him, man.
0: Yeah. We're going to have to keep the uh, the cryptid bartender away from this because she'll just buy up the entire stock. Oh,
1: she will. <laughs> wow. So, monsterologist.com. Thanks for sponsoring us, Monsterologist. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. Really if you hear this it.
2: podcast, sponsor the dog man, respecter. Sponsor <laughs> that guy. Sponsor yes. We, we guy. all have
0: Patreon and subscribe stars, I'm sure.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> You know, I've actually been thinking for a long time about setting one up. People keep telling me to do it. It might be time to pull the trigger.
1: Yep. Happy happy 150th, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank yes. you. Yes.
2: Yes. Happy That's a big uh, one.
1: anniversary. Yeah. We didn't we did we did not choose to celebrate 150 because when we did 100, I wanted to blow my brains out. <laughs> Which one it's was a hundred again? It was a Halloween special
2: too. Remember it was. A yeah. fucking... Oh my God. That was it's... Halloween special too, right? Yeah. Yeah. The one that ran like six hours or some shit.
0: Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. It was pretty fucking long. I, my hundredth uh, episode was also a Halloween spooktacular and I did mine with the, uh, the, the voluntary vixens. So
1: I, I really have to tell you, I feel like doing a spectacularly long episode again. Yeah. But, 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 but single, single topic where where me and someone else just beat to death a concept like where we literally go from the beginning we go i don't know we go uh
0: no stone unturned
1: (laughs) is the end of the state achievable in the present sense and for six hours we go through every single pass like a war game we go through every single way we could beat the state, how long we would imagine it would be sustainable, what tactics we would use, whether or not certain ideologies could be incorporated into that end game or not, and just beat it to death, call it a thesis episode and put it out. And and no one would ever listen to it. I mean, maybe three or four people would ever listen to it. But I could tell you. The three or four people who would listen to that in full are gonna get something pretty strong out of it. Yeah. I would imagine. If you're it's gonna take... do some shit like that, you need to get Ted back on. Because well, I was actually I can to ramble
2: Ted. forever.
1: Ted is the <laughs> holder of my longest episode, and we did that. We talked about phenomenology for three hours. Yeah, and that uh, dude could have kept going. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he could. And have. he actually yeah. messaged me the other day. He said, man, I was just thinking about that the other day. I was like, well, we got to do number two. He was like, as soon as I get stuff together, I will I will, we'll do number two. So once that happens, man, I'm, I'm ready to do it. I would love to. There's been a whole lot of discussion lately about postmodernism on the timeline. And it <laughs> does make me a little bit upset when I see a lot of people having commentary on things I don't I know that they don't read. <laughs> so I know that what they you don't. should
2: do is absolutely do that with Ted because yeah. he will give you the best description and takedown of postmodernism and then also drop 24 noogaloos
1: in the process. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably more or less true. No, I, I would love to. Ted is, uh, Ted is one of the – Ted, my friend Hunter, you, pause. Very few people I've met, I met online who I feel like when I speak to them, 100% of the time, they are understanding what I am saying – and are not judging me for what I say. And and there's only there's very few people who think on the same frequency as I do. And so those people manage to always give me like ridiculously good episodes. Car is another one, but I mean yeah. it's funny because Car and I don't get intellectual. Carna, I think Car and I just when we when we hit it's dick jokes. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't ever <laughs> it's man brain. It's <laughs> grug mindset. Yeah. It's that grug mindset. It really is. Yeah, I I'd love to so I mean me and, and Hunter. Again, shout out to Hunter. Mutual Revolt uh, on on Twitter. Uh, me and him are in the process of, of hammering out this whole social thesis. And I would really love to get him on and just beat it around with him for three, four, five hours. I, I really would love it. I don't think there's uh, a lot of people doing that. <laughs> a lot of people in our space going... Hey, we have theories too, and you know we're not old school, so we're not going to write them down and print them out. You're going to listen to them because that's how people in our generation consume content these days—visually uh, uh, and uh, audioily, orderly? Or- orally, orally, orally. <laughs> orally. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. It could be interesting. It could also be like I'm not doing anything better with my time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so a five-hour yeah, you know, episode lost, on uh... Uh,
2: last podcast on the left. Entirely different genre, but they do those super long form podcasts too. Yeah. And if you're into comedy shows, they're pretty fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're good. But we do the Russian Revolution things and they go long, but like it that's very focused. I'd like to just like throw something out there and be like, uh, let's talk about whether or not money is real and throw it up in the air and for four hours we go, Well, what does real mean? Well, all right, all right. Now we know what real means. What's money? And then we just really you know, be So down. at that point it's like something more akin to a symposium in the classical sense. Yeah, right. that would be fun, right? Like a little colloquium where it's just a bunch of guys going, let's really take this issue apart the way dudes should, you know? Yeah, you Sitting have to be able barrel to barrel uh... make it in your own shit or something. That would be good, right? <laughs> we get we now we do the oh man, I was gonna say because Ted Ted could drink me under the table, but I don't know if he's trying to drink or not. But I, I would love to do one where people are just hammered. Just one of those, but hammered.
0: Oh, that would be kind of fun. Just do a drunk Sir, episode.
2: There was yeah. one episode of the Gaslight Hour. Obviously, we <laughs> haven't had too many. You know, we don't release <laughs> as prolifically as we should. But, but there was one, one of the early ones, where I was just absolutely blast. Yeah, <laughs> it was It was just an absolute shit show. And I'm almost kind of ashamed of that one. No pun I intended. I hope people skip it when they... Uh, When I tell them to just listen from the beginning and see what we're all about, I'm just always praying and praying that they'll somehow just magically skip that one. I'm not going to dox what episode number it is either. (laughs) So, you know, if you want to find it, go listen to my back catalog.
0: Hey, guys, just a minute.
2: Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. Maybe later. No one listens when you say taxation. Ugh,
0: these good. guys again. Not finding what you want in a podcast? Check out peacefreaks.com. Join Nikki P and Lizzie Picone every week with a brand new episode. All right, and we're back.
1: Yeah. There's uh there's, there's, uh, an, an episode, there's a whole episode of the FagCast that we couldn't release because Carr and the guest got into such a heated argument that it was like not postable. Oh, man. Um, there was... E-blower here, what? There, there was a time when I recorded five or six episodes with Rollo uh, on Bitcoin where he literally, where I, what I was just talking about with you, uh, we recorded probably four, or five hours, six or so episodes. Yeah. Each, uh, each four or five hours, uh, of us just drunk, talking <laughs> about Bitcoin and him explaining m- from the beginning. He said, "Okay, let's sit down. What is value?" And he goes, "Okay." So he starts with, and literally he gave me an entire book's worth of of knowledge, <laughs> and, and and I and and we were so drunk. That while I remember understanding him fully, and I could repeat a lot of the concepts to you that I learned, I listened back and it's incoherent. It's actually <laughs> not listenable. So I had to delete 20, 25 hours <laughs> of content because we were so drunk. He
0: was giving you 10 uh, hours of Bitcoin in 25 hours of is. incoherent drunk is speech.
1: <laughs> and ep- There was a time when me and a couple of gents recorded an episode where we took a shit on somebody in the liberty community uh and we never ever intended on posting it and so we were really bad like brutal <laughs> but we recorded it and uh and then promptly it was deleted but yeah. there's so there's been a lot of those man if we lived in a different world you'd be getting a lot crazier content sometimes there's been times when i have had to edit whole Uh, arguments out of episodes in the episode that you literally can't tell happened because I edit them like so that it sounds like it goes from one topic into the next. Right. But there's whole like 20, 25 minute swats I can remember. There was one recently where I had to just delete it because it's like we got way too spicy. Hot. Yeah. Yeah. Like to the to the point where like it was like almost sounded like like because the podcast is supposed to be a unit of three friends obviously like who you don't want internal conflict in it but man right. sometimes we we beef it out and it, i listen back to it and i go for the sake of uh <laughs> for the sake of the show and everybody's individual reputations i'm gonna take that whole segment out yeah i don't want to just take out parts yeah you know, i just try and take out the whole thing Yeah, <laughs> it's funny when you, you record know, you can strenuous get
2: strenuous editing like that is a good thing though
1: yeah, well, no, I mean, it's you good have to, to have editorial standards. You have to because I have a mouth. <laughs> and <laughs> so I have my problem is I have a mouth and I'll, I will always argue back. And uh, so and, and sometimes other people on the show and I don't I don't necessarily mean either the co host Sometimes guests come on and they have mouths, too, <laughs> and like and they say words that you listen back and you go, yeah, I know what he meant. And in the context of how emotional I'm sure that person felt, I get it. But it's like, then you got to take that out because it's like someone will hear that five years from now when we're actually successful <laughs> and it will, you know, blow us back up into oblivion. You literally, it's, it's, it's insane. Got to be so careful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: and I think going back to our earlier
2: discussions about culture, that's why a good understanding of host responsibilities and guest protocols is so important and we should be more concerned that it is so lacking in American culture today because there's a lot of zoomers and millennials and uh, younger folks, not to get all trad here and sound like a boomer, but there's a lot of people that don't understand how to be a good guest in social contexts and a lot of people who don't understand how to
1: be good hosts. Yeah. 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 yeah, All very truly especially in today's climate the good the good host is the one who doesn't put any pressure on the guests to say something <laughs> interesting Yeah. uh, uh cuz you can get into a lot of trouble man it's crazy we picked up Aaron and i love Aaron and i will fight I anybody on I love that Aaron. motherfucker to death and Aaron oh, yeah. he's is a, the, he's the best is a genius it's so weird but Aaron says things <laughs> that i literally have to bite my tongue and go oh like i hate when he says certain things because he uh, doesn't care. Like, you know what I mean? He doesn't give a fuck what the public opinion of the thing is. So it was really good to get him on as the third, but it's like, oh man. Well, he is your absolute loose cannon. And I yeah. love He's him. really my opposite. He's really like, like my
2: opposite. That dude has such an intellectual depth and he, he speaks the vernacular so well. I don't know. I do not have enough good words to say about. He's your, like a
1: true Leninist. Host. He's a true Leninist. He really is <laughs> an intelligent uh, voice of the proletariat. <laughs> you know, and I'm a boor- and I'm a champagne. Uh, what do they call him? Socialist? Yeah, yeah there a you champagne go. socialist. That's, that seems to be the spaces we've become. Uh, uh, a bougie woke capitalist. <laughs> no, I will never be a bougie woke capitalist. I promise. <laughs> a limousine liberal. Dude, uh, that is, and now I see Pete saying it. Uh, uh, woke capitalist prog. Yeah, that phrase that Aaron, I, I imagine on that episode, coined. Yeah, and now I see Pete. Pete is like, like I can, like he, me, and we have a DM with Pete, and so Pete will send us like uh, updates on his part of this saga of going out and trying to own. And comes with the with the tanky method of adopting tanky vernacular. Right. Because they shut down when you do it. Yeah. (laughs) And so now I see woke capitalist Prague, bougie capitalist Prague. It's so good. I hope it takes off. I hope that phrase takes off.
2: It's super important to keep using that, too, (laughs) because not only are you owning the tankies with it, not only that, but you're also reclaiming it from the neo reactionary dipshits who originally coined it like four years ago
1: yeah yeah that's true
2: yeah
0: yeah it gets fun it gets fun especially when you can shut down an argument with it because it's like it's like okay well we know that you don't actually mean what you're what you're talking about right here you boozy capitalist prog you know
1: yeah right <laughs> it's it's like like that you know though the old meme uh you know you tweeted this from your iphone it's like that doesn't matter like it doesn't work it's yeah. because it's like yeah but everybody has that very easily accessible piece of technology yeah. in this society it's like that's not really uh owning the communists at all like right like, it just doesn't land in, in fact it's almost being like i mean with the amount of people who have iphones it's almost being like that's exactly the phone the communist would have yeah <laughs> right you know what i mean like if if, if If the fucking Soviet was producing phones, that would be the phone that they would produce. I mean, if society dictates it at all. So it's like it doesn't own them. But what owns them is you can't even enact the belief like that until we get rid of you. (laughs) That's it's such an own. It's like you can't even have your state issued iPhone. Right. Until you stop being an anarchist, because communism ha- needs a transitory state process that you need to play ball with. And every single time that we develop that Soviet that forms and forms the dictatorship of the proletariat, you and Com start blowing buildings up and, and, and raiding post offices and banks and making things very difficult for the Soviet to enact communism. And so we have to kill all of you. So- and that's... The real response that every single attempt at communism has ever had to them. Yeah. And it is it is such an own because they know that too. And they shut up. Every time you bring it up, they go, uh, well, that's not real communism. Or they it just, just slinks back from how confident they were. It's a real phenomenon. really yeah. is. Try it. Try it. Learn some, learn some Stalinism is great for this. It's <laughs> something, yeah, something of, nobody has ever said about Stalinism for any other reason. Stalinism is great for this one thing. Frightening and comes on the internet. Well, Just read so, what Stalin wrote. Yeah. That's the thing, though, right? Stalin was the most successful anti-communist in history. Anti-anarchist. <laughs> Anti-anarchist, not communist. He was pretty good at getting Lenin's idea across once he got over. Yeah, you a know, yeah money but he killed so many communists anyone else, yeah. right? Well, I mean, yes, sure. But he also had to kill all the anarchists to do that, is the point. If you so, want, the point of this, remember, the point of this argument is not ever to support uh, 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 Soviet communism, ever. No. The point is to use communist vernacular against communists properly. Yeah. We all know what communism is. There is no illusion that communism is, is anything other than what Lenin tried to achieve Uh, there's, there's, there's certainly Marxism that is anarchist, but communism in any iteration you've ever seen is most properly done through a centralized state bureaucracy. Every time Lenin wrote about it, even Trotsky wrote about all of the thinkers you can imagine all advocated for this, all of them. And they were the only ones who got even close to that vision. If you go to the Soviet union, I mean, I've watched enough video, shout out to bald and bankrupt. I don't know what kind of a Soviet spy he is, but if he, he this guy goes over to uh, uh, Soviet satellite countries and a vast majority of the people he meet have absolute wet dreams about Stalin. They love Stalin. They miss Stalin. Stalin was security and safety to them. And everywhere other than in the Ukraine and Belarus, they have rave reviews, rave reviews of Stalin. It, it, the ANCOMs know this. They know that they don't have any global support. They know that the traditionalist, primitivist, the, the 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 tribalist, the the, all of the cultures that have managed to hold down uh, stable civilizations throughout history, but also had to contact communism. Well, they all talk really well about Stalin, and they all hate anarchists, and they all hate anarcho communists. Yeah. So it, it seems more like it's a you can't really do the anarcho communist thing because to do the communist thing the communists are eventually going to go man you people keep getting in the fucking way (laughs) and so with me and car and aaron and pete and slowly i think everybody in the community who hasn't already gotten on board with this yeah is is going to get to the point where they go we're not on that little political spectrum thing you have uh we we don't we don't operate politically our spectrum isn't political uh, we we don't do that. We're individuals. We have decentralized systems. We don't do politics. We we have contracts. We have uh, uh, diplomacy. We don't really do state politics anymore. And so that little thing doesn't really apply. And I, I feel like, again, I want to own ANCOMs because it's funny to own ANCOMs and hopefully shake them out of that little silliness because I think you can shake someone away from being a communist a lot easier than from being an anarchist. Like if you've already bit down on fuck you don't do what you tell me it's hard to imagine you're gonna cuck out and start being like all right daddy stalin i'll do what you tell me you know that doesn't it never happened in history those all the anarchists the real anarchists died fighting yeah you know they all died for it
2: i'm gonna dox here that i have not yet listened to your russian revolution stuff with dutch it's on i didn't even list, get to but this I haven't yet gotten there well, well i, I was just about to ask if you guys were planning on covering the black
1: army for yes. just that reason yeah the ukrainian black army with oh god what is that guy's name the Nich- Nich- i don't remember no that's they someone different yeah the ukrainian free army uh is a a really fascinating attempt trotsky crushes it and the reason why trotsky crushes it more or less uh, is because trotsky issues a declaration saying that the ukrainian anarchists are getting in the way they're forming their own soviets and they're getting in the way of socialism in yeah. our country and and that's what happened and breaking frankly, from central if, command <laughs> if you read any any of the literature in that situation the anarchists were the ones who fought first they attacked first they bombed a garrison of soviet of red army soviet troops Uh, in Petrograd. I think I don't remember where it was specifically. And this was the first instance where Lenin publicly finally had to go, okay, we can't do this with with these rival Soviets anymore. And really, when he says rival Soviets, he means anarchists, because all of them were anarchists. Yeah. Um, And so really, in that situation, they were the ones who could not cooperate with Lenin. Lenin didn't turn on them first. Lenin would have very easily said, oh, man, you guys want to get on board with the the Sov- the Soviet thing? Awesome. Perfect. Let's do this. Would have been great for them to get their communism, right? Because ultimately, communism is the end goal. Anarchism is not an end goal. Anarchism is a state of being presently. Communism is the end of history. Yeah. So I don't know how you square those two ideas together to begin with, but um, you don't,
2: which, yeah. which
1: is the same thing that I believe about, by the way, neoliberalism. And we did a poll recently <laughs> about who's who's biggest allies and, and me and Pete were talking about it. And Pete convinced me neoliberalism and it just went to show man we're fucked no matter what we do if we try and take allies with any of those groups because to me neoliberalism is that same end of history thing and i don't think you can uh play ball with neoliberalism and anarchism at the same time either well so that's the thing right heinlein already
2: got this right 70 years ago now you're free as long as you accept your own moral responsibility it'll never be the political system you're in that yeah, grants no. you your freedom anyways
0: referring no, no, to uh, too, moon as a harsh right. mistress yeah
2: yeah or more directly one of his soundbite quotes but yeah that's one of the themes of that book
1: yeah uh it's it's so it's basically my conclusion has been uh the political spectrum take it as it looks and then flip it onto a table so now you have a flat plane now take your finger at the center point and pull downwards to the floor and that's what the real political spectrum looks like and and down at that floor is where i want to be in the a political you know if, if if it's really a spectrum then it's color-based right which means black and white goes in too right so yeah. you have your shades and so that all the way down there at the black the the least political expression if your color is political is agorism is uh kind of anti-statism but not in the anarcho-communists do it publicly do it experimentally do it violently way because that doesn't work i mean unless your definition of freedom and anarchism is to exist in that constant state of doing whatever you want to fight the state which that's pretty dope but i don't want to live that way you know what i mean the perpetual life the perpetual revolution lifestyle is for young bachelors and (laughs) only young
2: bachelors yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's
1: funny because all those guys who believed in that are names like Trotsky and (laughs) Lenin and Stalin and Pol Pot and Mao and all those people believed in in perpetual revolution, permanent revolution, because they're all Marxist-Leninists. I mean, except for Trotsky, who, I mean, still believed in perpetual revolution, but they all believed in perpetual revolution. And what happened? They were all young bucks and they got their revolutions and then it stopped being perpetual. And then it became a transformational process to get from capitalism to socialism to communism and stalin almost got close to socialism but it didn't happen and he died mao didn't get even fucking close because that crumbles really quickly and he killed a a shit ton of peasants to semi-modernize and then they went back to state capitalism pretty hard uh nobody does neoliberalism better than the chinese yeah um and it's a great mystery how we managed to convince the world that somehow they're still communists. Uh, they
2: haven't been communists since what by the. It's, 80s? Well, and
1: well, what's funny is they because Mao is such a mythic character to them, they keep that communist name. But but you know, yeah, Xi Jinping I mean, has said many times, "We are not communists. We are Chinese." Yeah. We're we're we do things the Chinese way. We don't do things the communist way. That, so that just tells you all you need to know. I mean, saying the Chinese way is what? Nationalism. What is nationalism? It's a fucking offshoot of neoliberalism. Yeah. <laughs> modern nationalism is just an offshoot of neoliberalism. Yeah. Not I mean, fascism.
2: You, you have to use that modern qualifier there, though, because as you of course, will know, nationalism not fascism. as a fucking ideology was yeah. really what the second modern ideology right I, after broad liberalism, not I, neoliberalism, but
1: liberalism itself. No doubt, but but China is a technocratic neoliberal state. I mean, to its absolute core.
0: Yeah, it's everything. Uh, it's not that,
1: a, uh, Well, it,
2: it might not be explicitly fascist, but people do have to realize, and I think they do, and I know you're smart enough to get this that neoliberalism is inherently corporatist, though.
1: No, no. I, well, listen, I I completely agree with you. That's not what I'm trying to say. All I'm saying is they went back. They didn't even try to do socialism. They didn't get to a voucher system.
3: You no, know what I mean?
1: Yeah, they went right back. Not. That's all I mean. Stalin actually almost got close to a voucher system. Uh, uh, but, you know, oh, someone's got a baby.
0: Yeah, that's uh, my little girl in the back, but uh, wife's handling shout it. Out. So Yeah. Shout out. Shout out to
1: Lil um, Rosie. Shout out to Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, man. So that's the impasse there is um, it's a real pickle when you look at the whole thing altogether. Yeah. Uh, who would be allied with? Uh, ways that we actually can act Uh, it's a whole big pickle for the libertarian to consider and I think the poll was pretty interesting as well because I take it that Pete's audience which is the audience where the poll originated from and you would imagine the poll of the most people would be people like him right uh, I I would say he's way more to the center than to the right but his audience looks to be kind of to the right and it kind of seems like, oh, by the way, Eric, the hurricane that I was talking about, it's rolling in. It's rolling through. Looking <laughs> at it right now, beastly. I, I think most of his audience, it was interesting to get the results of that poll. It was it was like 40% to like 38%, like some, something pretty close between uh, who are liberta- right, right-leaning right libertarians, who are their closest allies, almost half said well, well, almost a third, rather, said, well, it appears to be left libertarians. And yeah. then, like, a, a more dominant third, maybe it was like 40% closer to that. They were like, no, 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 it's right-wing authoritarians who are closer. I'm going, what? <laughs> like, that makes no sense to me. And then the third group was neoliberals, who, to me, neoliberals, if you're an anti-statist, yeah, they're neo- the state. Yeah. That's the state.
0: Yeah, neoliberals aren't going to be your friend. <laughs>
2: no that's the state everything they that's do when you're staring down the barrel of right yeah, that, now in your everyday life
1: that's yeah. right we're not in a fascist st- again we're not in a traditionally fascist state we're not in a monarchic authoritarian state we're we're in neoliberal social democracy i mean we're not really i mean a neoliberal republic whatever you want to call it yeah you know totally and you said one of my trigger words just now monarchism
2: so if i can just <laughs> throw in another aside here real Please quick all right we get it again. liberty
0: hangout sucks okay
2: <laughs> well, that, and again, I just want to reference again that book I'm reading, A History of the Angvin Dynasty, you know, oh, yeah. the Plantagenet Kings of England. And I, I posted this screenshot the other day and I expected it to be way more contentious when people saw it and read it. But, you know, I've always hated monarchism for a lot of reasons, but I hadn't realized that monarchical systems were explicitly premised on actual debt slavery instead of the neoliberal system where it's merely implicit. Right. Right. And I just, that was mind blowing to me that people want to return to this. And that's Curtis Yarvin's whole thing with neo reaction, right? Is formalism, the making explicit of implicit systems. And I just don't understand the appeal for the appeal of that for people, because at least in implicit systems, And understood concepts, you have the wiggle room to operate on the edges. Whereas when you enter explicit debt slavery contracts, there truly is no way out.
1: It's 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 man, we could do that's another episode we could do. It's Uh, is it even a realistic view of society? No, not really. It's a platonic view of society anyway. Well, it's
2: it's it's platonic until the monarch actually calls in the debts.
1: It doesn't work though. Never happens. People go no. (laughs) I won't pay those debts. Then you need to read this book, Bird, because, oh, my fucking God, it did all over the high Middle Ages. No, but we don't live in the middle. I mean, in in recent times, the reason why there is no debt slavery anymore is because it's simply unenforceable. It always was. That's what Listen. Well, Again, it was not
2: always unenforceable. And that's why they were forced to make it implicit because they wanted to universalize it under understood concepts so they could bring everyone under it instead of just the people they could explicitly enforce it
1: on. Well, it is interesting because I don't know if Yarvin is a, is a postmodernist or, or if he takes postmodernist stances, but that does sound a lot like the systems. Yeah. Um, like it does sound a lot like debt was transformed to incorporate into it So when you go from uh, the obedience system, the last system, where you do have those explicit uh, rules, laws, and orders, harsh punishment, uh, uh, and then you transfer into what we have today, the systems of control, which is more like mitigation, uh, uh, gatekeeping, things like that. Sort of the before you even get to the door, the doors that you're allowed to get to are chosen for you. It seems like debt transformed into that as well. Debt is not like a call-in thing anymore. It's regulatory now. Now it's right. they never need to call it in because the amount of debt you have will only ever allow you to do the things they would have to call you in for anyway because they know they're not going to get money out of you. You're, you know, in debt. No, it doesn't make sense to imprison people who have debts and everybody knows that, especially when you have money that's as fickle as we have. It just doesn't yeah. make sense to imprison sure, people th- like that. That.
2: Also, is a, that also is a consequence
1: of the current system, though. Because well, if you
2: understand right. how capital accumulation worked then under also under those systems, they did literally have the means and the assets you could confiscate from them. You know, and even actual serfdom wasn't necessarily a thing in the places that this book happens in the high Middle Ages England, like it was in a lot of other places. That was actually a more continental concept. But, you know, the freemen farmers all had loads of shit you could take away from them. You mean actual
1: physical shit?
2: Yeah, in terms of uh, deeded land
1: yeah. and yeah. Uh, so, so actual goods, <laughs> land, not and farming implements, wealth, but in yeah. goods, yeah. tools. So now yeah. in the yes, but so now in the modern day, when things are so easily made, even if you come to collect, what are you collecting? You know, they'll take your house from you. Okay, they took your house from you. Now you go and get public housing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now you Sure. sure. Now I'm not. You, I'm not so what not dis- do they do? They- I'm
2: not disputing that it's not different in this day because I already acknowledge that it literally is. It's no, Explicit yeah. now. It's
1: it's yeah. It's but no, again, but it's this more. This just the- goes
2: back to it. it blowing my mind that there's people who want to turn return to the explicit system. No, that's like what I, I mean said, to be there saying. Was no actual wiggle room.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's what a- I mean to be saying. Is it's it's it does it seems naive to you think to you can go back like I don't it's not that would be like saying let's just roll back the actual clock nobody would ever say that you'd go huh you what do you mean time travel that doesn't exist in the same way you can't do that with culture right you can't simply cannot do that with culture everybody goes well what about places where they reverted to socially conservative that's not that's it's not, not a reversion. Either, right? Yeah, it's not a revert. Anybody who understands anything about how time works knows you don't ever go back. Everything that you did to get to where you were now is incorporated into what you've become. Sure, pe- you
2: can you can attempt a reformulation of the old, but it's always going to have the character
1: of the new. That's right. Yeah. It's an odd but I, anyway, I mean there's that's a, just me go, that's There's just a good me case study. It.
0: There's a good case study for this already. It's called North Korea. I mean, they practically have a king you know cuz it started with Kim Il Sung then it went to Kim Jong-un and now it's uh That's right. Yeah, well, so
2: Look, and you know people like to say that as a dunk on them but despite that sort of hereditary rule characteristic I really don't feel like it can be classified as any kind of actual attempt at monarchism.
0: Oh no, Could, they would right? they, Yeah, they wouldn't say that themselves.
1: It's odd.
2: It's, it really is well, odd. Th- yeah. They wouldn't say that, but I also think even just looking at it that you really can't try to call it that either though. Because it's not predicated on any of the same systemic features.
1: So, like, this is what's w- what I mean to be saying. So, to me, in the book that I, in the book, in the thesis, whatever you want to call it that I'm writing, I have uh, I have run across the term, and I'm either I'm going to be adopting one of two terms to describe Donald Trump. I'm either going to call him <laughs> a technocratic populist or a techno fascist, uh, because I don't think neo really helps here. No, uh, I, I so. To me, like, I don't know where Yarvin's at because I didn't listen to the episode that Pete put out with him yet. I have to still listen to it. And I Wait, really- Wait, Pete
2: did an episode with Yarvin?
1: Yeah. And I guess if that doesn't go out, we got to just honk, honk, honk this until it does. But I think <laughs> he put it out already. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure he Jesus put it out Christ. already.
2: I don't know. I, I uh, can't stand the dude. I'm not going to be catching that one. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, I Uh I never really like sat down to- read that guys, but I can't do the neo reaction thing. I let them do their thing. That's cool. It just seems a little odd from the outset to, to, to go and do that. Just knowing that we are in a system, uh, a a neoliberal system. You can think about any ideological system you want. Um, To me, that's kind of asinine, right? We should be talking about deconstructing the state. I don't really care what your vision is. After is nobody does because you have no idea what it will look like to deconstruct the state today. Right you know, if we did that tomorrow and we deconstructed the hegemonic system of control that we all operate and form ideas under, if we got rid of that, nobody knows what the fuck it would look like. So I can't even imagine you're ready to plan for that. Yeah, but I mean, whatever. even if we even if we
2: successfully end the Federal Reserve, the economy would not look like February 1912 all
1: of a sudden. It, it, no. It's It's predictive, right? I don't know. A lot of theory is just that, you know, theory. And A
2: lot of theory is bullshit. You know, I (laughs) look look at us being hopeful that the Fed will be
0: ended one day.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right. When I was in college, you know, I did not complete my degree, but my degree would have been in political science with a theory concentration. So I absolutely do love this stuff. And I don't want your audience to think that I don't love it. But at the end of the day, it is honestly just mental masturbation. It is a lot. And of if it, I'm yeah. going to jack my skull meat off, I'm <laughs> going to spend that energy on the yeah. dog man or the JFK assassination or some shit like that.
1: Right. Yeah. We. I'm trying to pat myself on the back and go, it's okay that you're writing a book about philosophy right now, because at least for me, I it's, pr- it's, it's literally practical. I'm trying to analyze what's happening today right now. Um, I can't do it anymore with the whole conversations of, Hey man, what would this look like? It's like, dude, I didn't even know we were gonna be in. in my, I wasn't gonna know I was gonna be my house for five fucking months. Like, <laughs> what do you right. mean? What is Ann gonna look like, sir, <laughs> on the internet? What are you talking about? Sure.
2: Well, I think that's the biggest path differential from us. You know, you yeah. found a rational way to try and respond to this, and even going back to a couple of years when the collapse really started, I just leaned into the fucking weird. You know, we reached that same place. We reached that same moment. And we're still seeing each other, but we're walking parallel paths. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Because who knew, like, December 31st, 2019, that just three months later.
1: (laughs) No way, man. No one would have known. You can't do the predictive thing. It's just, first of all, Hegel was a fuck, right? We all agree on that? Yep. That Hegel was a fuck. Right. So Hegel being a fuck, then we have to say that that's your uh, next no morale such... patch, by the way. That's right. <laughs> Hegel was Hegel is a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hegel, Marx, uh, God, buddy, guys, um, time is not linear. Uh, so history isn't either. Yeah. And, and let's stop doing the theorizing and start doing the figuring out how to get rid of police. Yeah, <laughs> that would be better. So we,
0: we summed all of that up with just fuck the police. That's uh...
1: that's right. That's right. We were going to talk about uh, uh, conspiracy theories today. Oh, boy, we? did we? Were we? <laughs> that was it's
2: kind of funny. my we're idea. Already, yeah.
1: We're already running out on our meeting time again. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, I see the timer now. I didn't even know yeah. where that was on
1: the screen. But, yeah. 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 All right. Well, we got eight minutes. Let's do one conspiracy theory, and then I got to go and yeah, no, walk we'll my dog before the before the hurricane swallows me.
0: Okay. So, uh Dex. Favorite conspiracy theory that on its face sounds completely nuts, but you in your heart believe is true.
2: That a race of giants walked and ruled most of the earth within 200 years of our present moment.
1: Yep. Bird. Oh man. Um. Oh, I wasn't prepared for this one. You got to give me yours. I'll give you a good one. I just, I just need to.
0: Okay. Well the, to- uh, yeah, Jim Vieira is definitely a, convince me on the whole giant thing uh dude he's so fucking good isn't he yeah he's he's just the best uh so mine is the uh the topic of atlantis because you keep seeing all of this old ancient stuff coming up that's but people will just kind of pass it off as all that's just old myth
1: that's a really good one yeah that's a really good one so i mean man that makes me want to just say that that's uh mine that, that's mine, but I don't know. Man, don't cop really out, bird. Yeah. Don't cop out. You, you could do, do the so free Atlantean oh, Society of america here <laughs> Here's actually, I'll give you a conspiracy theory that I was kicking around. There's absolutely no historical, anthropological, biological, his, whatever, historical, biological, historical, whatever you want to say. Yeah. There's no basis to this at all. No basis. But I was thinking, there's a thing called the Aryan invasion theory or the Aryan oh, migration oh. theory hmm. or okay. the migration theory. It's a very controversial theory in India, and I'll explain why. Uh, uh, In blah, 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 so long ago, late 1800s, there were social theories in Britain that started to pop up that said a group of uh, uh, Scythian slash uh, Iranian uh, people invaded India uh, and settled most of the north of the continent, uh, brought with it Hinduism, Uh, a culture society civilization obviously this is very controversial to the native indians because it denies their autonomy their nationality their ability to rise up and do it all themselves uh this theory by the way was also used by people like madame blavatsky and hitler yeah uh, incorporated into Aryan. so tread lightly (laughs) It's it's a controversial theory it's still taught in textbooks most textbooks today under the theory called migration theory because there is anthropological biological basis to there being a combination of native peoples from the country and uh, Indo-Iranic invaders coming in and transferring culture. It's, it's more likely it was mostly native Indians, but that being said, one theory that's been really interesting to me is if you take the fact that the Aryans would have brought Hinduism with them, which I think more than anything, more than uh, things like skin color or, 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 cooking, or, 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 I think one of the things that you could have seen brought by were oral traditions and language, because right. we know Dravidian, for example, which is in Sri Lanka, that's an Indo-European language. That's a yeah. language that's so basically you could see that there was some language transfer, which means maybe religion transferred, right? So yeah. this is the conspiracy theory that I came up with. If you take where it is believed that the Indo-European language and people came from, the Caucasus region, that's where they came from. They were like a Central Asian people who spread out to Europe and then down into Iran, mixed with the native Iranian people, and then went into India, some of them, mostly transferred cultural religion. Then you maybe you stretch and you go, okay, perhaps in Hinduism, there's some roots to the old Indo-European religions from so, so, so long ago. Now, if you go and take a different group of people, the Semitic people, right? A completely different linguistic group of people, language group, which yeah. originates from, uh, I believe it's Ur, Baghdad, modern-day Baghdad. Right? Yeah,
2: that sort of a three rivers region. There. That
1: area of the world. You could also say uh, the Semitic languages were originated in Syria, that area. If you take the two middle points of both of those places, and the reason why I brought up Hinduism was because it's such a far-off religion, we think, right? Yeah. But if you look at all of the similarities between hinduism and judaism to completely separate and unrelated religions zoroastrianism a third completely separate unrelated religion but if you look at the center point of the indo-european religions and the semitic religions where is it well if you look at a map it's right where Gebekli tepe is ah there it is you know
2: and i might add if i can throw just a tiny amount of fuel on your fire here bird with our last three and a half minutes yeah i would also point out that there's pretty significant indications in not just oral traditions but even in the history of the semitic peoples that it's not as if they didn't have polytheistic tendencies from their earliest points right
1: right maybe maybe not right
2: so, you know, it's not like there couldn't have been that sort of religious transfer, presuming that the peoples that they intermingled with chose to take some very specific aspects that were later discarded by
1: the peoples that remained instead of migrating. That's true. That's true.
3: Hmm. I,
1: I, I think what fascinates me so much is, you know, if you look at Greek uh, myth and if you look at uh, Hindu mythology, they share very similar stories. One of the big themes that you'll see among those two groups is you can never look into the face of the Supreme deity. Uh, anytime you do that, you get turned to stone, you turn to whatever. Yeah. Well, that also happens in obviously not only in Judaism, but in, but in Judaism's oldest tales before the Babylonian captivity, Judaism's oldest tales tell that exact same thing, yeah. as well as all the other similarities between things like Judaism, Hinduism, and greek mythology there's so many similarities between these ancient so it's funny to think perhaps some religions perhaps more distilled than others but perhaps religion as a concept just like language had to have a single origin point maybe it is in those early early temples that we see that we can't quite know the meaning of maybe i mean that region has got some real ties to a lot of different religious traditions I think me and you need to have a longer
2: conversation about that, whether on pod <laughs> or off, but uh, yeah, you yeah. and I got some but real talking my, to do there. There's my <laughs>
1: conspiracy theory for you that yeah, I came up with the other day. No, that's I like pretty good to one. Uh, imagine the genealogical origin of some of our earliest myths, because I believe a lot of the myths in, uh, uh, in, in the ancient Jewish texts, not only in the uh, original Hebrew canon, but sometimes out of them, I could stretch my imagination to believe a lot of those things. Happened in the same senses that other myths happen. Like I doesn't, it's not a stretch for me. Like same thing with Romulus and Remus. Were they real people? Yeah, probably. People don't usually make shit like that up. So it would be interesting to think, well, man, when you use allegory for transference or when literal divine stories are told to you before you have things like writing, you just carry them around and stuff, right? Right. So they transfer and they transfer and they transfer. And it's just interesting to think, hey, man, maybe that's the origin point of all that stuff, too. And if there were giants kicking around and building that shit. Yes, there <laughs> were. Yes, there were. What exactly, uh, what, what religions were they a part of? Yeah, really. Anyway, we have probably 10 seconds left, so. Yeah. Uh,
0: I'll tell you what, uh, we'll just go ahead and end it right there. I'll drop all your guys' plugs after you guys leave. But uh, thanks a lot for coming on my 150th oh, man. episode.
1: This was fantastic. Man,
0: that was awesome. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you so much.
0: All right. Y'all have a great night. You too. All right. Okay, folks, and there they go, Bird and Dexter De La Paz. Uh, you can find uh, Bird with the uh, the FagCast over there off of Podbean. It's uh, the Friends Against Government podcast. It's a pretty good listen. Uh, they do touch on some serious topics, uh, but most of the time, comedy. You're going to laugh. Uh, Dexter De La Paz. He's one of the co-hosts of the Gaslight Hour. It's also another one of the uh, many podcasts in my list. Uh, so guys, go check them out. But uh, if you want, you don't have to go hit the uh, the DuckDuckGoes or the StartPage.com. Just go down into the show notes and you can find all the links for them right there. Anyways, guys, this has been 150 episodes, uh, nearly three years in production. So guys, thanks a lot. For listening, drop a rating and review, subscribe, all that stuff. And we'll come at you next time with a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause. Out.